got that folk horror. I, I know you're not. That's not your thing, Jill. Um, no. But it, it was funny. It was a lot smaller than I expected. It was like almost like a small box set, like uh, like an oh, indicator really? size box set, you know. But it's like 20 movies. So uh, they, I was going to say because it's a lot of discs. How yeah. do they fit it all? 20 you know? movies of folk horror. That sounds like <laughs> just hell for me. I mean, I'm happy for you. <laughs> Thank and you. for anyone who's into that. But like, wow. There, there is a movie or two. I would, from that set, I would recommend Witch Hammer. It's not, it's not too horror horror, and it's like a great Czech New Wave film. Okay. So, okay. so I would, uh, I think Second Run has a Blu-ray of that one. But I know what you mean, like if horror is not your thing, but <laughs> yeah, but that one is is just so really good. Mm-hmm. I love, I love how you said that, Jill. Uh, it's yeah. shit, but I'm happy that for people that like it, <laughs> it's a very all of you people who love that. Which reminds me, you know, we're recording this a week before Christmas. Yeah, and um, I ordered my dad the complete Perry Mason show oh nice and it's like 72 discs and so i tell my mom this and (laughs) she was like i hate you (laughs) it's like how much perry mason it doesn't include the movies that they did later but like 72 discs yeah perry mason and and so that's kind of like for my mom that would be this folk horror set for me you know she's (laughs) like god 72 discs of Perry Mason. I, I think 70, 72 discs of anything would be a lot for me. <laughs> just, just a bit daunting. Yeah. Wouldn't even. I don't think I have anything that's 72 discs. Mm-mm, no. In fact, when you mentioned the Flying Circus thing, I, I actually got the smaller version that doesn't break. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm re- referring to another show completely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that a couple Christmases ago. My parents got it for me and. And uh, and then I was like, oh, God, this box set sucks. <laughs> and then like a month later, they came out with just the, you know, the like the the uh, individual boxes that are in the fall apart box. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't need to even if, if it didn't fall apart. It's not like I'm going to put up a house and <laughs> um, <laughs> it's sitting on my show. It's like it's hanging off like eight inches. Oh, oh my god it's oh, wow. <laughs> um, <is> so stupid <laughs> funny thing is um now now this is the time of month that everything's coming out but we're everybody's waiting for like different shipments and they're yes. you know, in airports and stuff but i, I did get the, the may west set i was so about to ask yeah I, I think that's a great counterbalance so i'll watch a folk horror and then i'll watch a <laughs> may west and then may, maybe a documentary or something uh so of course the question too. is how does the Shaw Brothers set fit in with all of this? I'm waiting for it. Waiting for it. So waiting um, for it. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, it'll, it'll arrive. It'll arrive quickly. It'll um, it'll get, get into the mix, you know, in, into the rotation, and maybe a couple Futurama episodes. But let's <laughs> there you uh, go. let's get to the show. Um, Brad, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Hey, Brad. Hey, it's hey, Brad. I think it's the first time I have yeah. been on with Jill. Oh, it awesome. Is. It is. Brad, Jill, this Jill, Brad. Yeah, nice to meet you. Yes, nice to meet you too. A <laughs> um, little known fact: Brad's partner Fred is my personal trainer. And, yes. And so, All right. What's funny is, um, so we do, and I hired him for uh, like a year, basically, and we do an hour virtual. He's great, by the way. If, if you're looking for a virtual trainer and you need to get back in shape, and he's not that expensive either, you, especially if you're in the U.S. because of that currency discount. Which I, I'm sorry, Brad. It, doesn't work this going the other way. It hurts. No, it's okay. It's totally okay. 
He still appreciates it, believe me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm apologizing for currency. What am I doing? But um, but what's funny? So we're doing workouts and stuff, and um, and there's always like the five minutes with Brad, usually at the beginning or the end, and <laughs> and it's like this where we have lots of stuff to talk about, but at some point I have to say, hey, Brad, go away. I'm, it's I, true. I, I paid for this because <laughs> I always feel torn. Like I should say hi because you're my friend, but then I know that you paid for friends' time and you're trying to get in shape. So <laughs> this is a kind. Sometimes it's a quick little hi bye, you know. Mm -hmm. well, <laughs> last time we actually kind of wrapped up a little earlier, so I was like, "Go get Brad," and uh, we. It's like That's a five hilarious. minute podcast, but uh, I love yeah, it. Fred's good people, and uh, and, yeah. it's, and it's nice to have you know connection with Brad, you know, pretty much every week. So for um, sure. So yeah, if any of your listeners, if they're looking to get in shape, you know, when the new year is coming around, feel free to reach out to me in the Facebook groups and I can put you in contact with Fred. He's great. He is. He's been uh, right. transformational for me uh, already. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I also wanted to give a special shout out to the Magic Lantern and um, that's Cole and Erica's podcast. Yeah. I don't know, Brad and Jill, if you know this, but... Uh, they started right around the same time as us, and mm -hmm. we were we were both like, "Hey, we're into the same stuff. Let's be friends." And um, and I think that for I can't remember how many years, but for a while, the first episode of the year, Criterion Now, they would both come on. I think for the first mm -hmm. the beginning, and then when I, the show went on hi hiatus last year, you know all that. But um, so and then this year, I guess we just didn't do it. But they they decided to um to shut down their podcast and so uh, I I want to say it's been like seven years eight years wow. what is it? I think so long time um mm -hmm. so yeah they're good great people um Erica they're they're adorable I loved listening to them they are yeah a really amazing podcast and so it, it, I'm sure it'll be out there for people to listen to I've missed a lot of episodes so I'll, I'll go catch up on some. But yeah, just um, quite a legacy. And if you uh, have not been a Magic Lantern listener, I'd go check them out. Yeah, definitely. But mm -hmm. they're they're in the the groups too, so the Facebook groups. So I I'm sure they won't go too far. Um, so yeah, that's that's Magic Lantern. So uh, should we? Yeah, get congrats it? on an awesome run, guys. Seriously. Yeah. Yes, congrats. Yeah, I think they're going out for the right reasons too. And uh, if you want to go into the Magic Lantern mm -hmm. group. You know, Cole talk, talks very uh, openly about the reasoning, and I, I applaud that. And uh, I, and I've been in those shoes, so mm -hmm. <laughs> I know the feeling. Yep. Yep. Okay, Criterions? Yeah, let's sure. do it. All right. Just just so the listeners know, we're recording this literally a day after the uh, announcements went out. So uh, the last time we did this, Jill, we messed up everything. <laughs> <laughs> And I edited edited so much out. Yeah, the, the Patreons <laughs> heard that we we went on this big div, diversion or digression with uh, Spinal Tap. I had to cut like twenty <laughs> minutes from the show because <laughs> it was just ridiculous. <laughs> we, we were just wrong. <laughs> yeah. So if we make any errors, please correct us and um, but don't don't uh, shame us. So March twenty twenty two, um, quite a lineup here. Uh, let's um, let's start. And Brad, you uh, shared before the show that you haven't seen any, right? Right, unfortunately. I'm sure you can contribute somehow. <laughs> It'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, can can you spell the name of this this director? Or uh, can you pronounce the name? 
Marta, um, Marta, Marta Mesdros. That's good. Okay. Yeah, we'll go How's with that? it. We'll go Sounds with it. Sounds great. Sounds <laughs> yeah. great to me. Adoption. Uh, so this is her first. This is actually the first Hungarian film in the collection, and yes, we knew they were coming. So I'm excited about it. But uh, and I think there's a lot more. Brad, wasn't there like some? Yeah, this... Janice's uh, website has uh, links to a bunch of her films. So I think we're probably to expect that more of her films are coming. Yeah, and I don't think I've seen a Hungarian film. I don't know. Um, I have. Uh, um, there's a Hungarian uh, Milos Yanko. Uh, so second run, actually, if I can little diatribe here. So second run just put out um, a, a Blu-ray, a three box set of Hungarian films, um, which is kind of a nice connection to this Hungarian film. So, um, yeah, it's good to see sort of this country getting uh, representation in the collection. Oh, no, I've, I've seen some. Son of Saul mm -hmm. is a big one. Um, Oh yeah. yeah, that's a that's a big film. Yeah, uh, the Roundup, some others. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't have much to say just because I haven't seen it, and I'm sure, I'm guessing you haven't, Jill. Mm -mm. No, no, no. But it looks <laughs> looks interesting. Um, that so... cappuccino just kicked in. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard to like uh, uh, channel that hyperness to um, to Hungarian filmmakers that yeah. you don't know. Yeah. But uh, she, through intimate camera work, she immerses the viewer into the worlds of two women, each searching for fulfillment. Kind of sounds like a persona thing. Maybe, maybe not. Um, although there's more plot they discuss. Uh, so it's a 4K restoration. Um, sounds like there's going to be many, many more of these. Not, maybe not just by her, but more um, Hungarian film archive films. Uh, vi video essay by uh, Catherine Portuguese. Or Portuguese. Uh, I don't, do you know her, Jill? Mm -mm, I don't. Okay. Uh, there's a documentary about the filmmaker, one of her shorts. So yeah, I'm. I, I can't share much. I'm just. I, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, very exciting. All right, <laughs> that was a quick one. <laughs> <laughs> the next one, I think we have some things to say about. Um, so La Cirque Rouge, Jean Pierre Melville, is coming back from out of print. Hell and. 4K. So, um, Jill, are you a Melville fan? I've seen a couple. This is one of the ones I've seen. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think what the other one was. Uh, the Samurai? Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good guess. <laughs> um, that... Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've seen this one. It's good. It's great. Yeah, it's slow burn gangster. Um, uh, yeah, you, I I recommend more Jill. I, I think the show might um, might get you there. So um, the one thing is it was out of print. Um, I spent a lot of money on it, and I saw some people complaining about the amount of money they spent on it, the out of print version. But you know what? You just, that happens. You just got to get over. It. You can't predict. We've this. all done that, it. We've all done it. That happens. Yeah. I mean, I spent a hundred dollars like seven years ago. Like I haven't been. That sounds like me with the notorious DVD. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I spent a lot of money on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you sure have. So, four <laughs> K. And um, are you a Melville fan, Brad? Um, kind of. Um, I guess I'm going to get uh, attacked too. Uh, I've seen Army of Shadows and Le Samurai. Um, I mean, I like them okay, but. 
I wouldn't say that I'm like a huge Melville fan. All right, just go away. And <laughs> 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 no, I'm kidding. Uh, I actually did a study. I've talked about it before, but I, I did a, a study of uh, resistance films uh, with Melville, and that doesn't really mean anything for this film. But um, but I'm a big fan, especially of Army of Shadows. Uh, so yeah, but also He's studio very beloved. Very yeah, beloved. Very beloved. Yeah. yeah, that's a nice way of saying um, <laughs> like Jill's. <laughs> I hate it, but glad you like it. So it's a, <laughs> hate is he's beloved by someone, not me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a new 4K from Studio Canal, and um, they put their zone out, their their zone out, their their own version out. Um, I believe um, I, I re- seem to remember there's there's some controversy with that, but I don't really know. Uh, but it's an uncut version of the film, so I don't know if it's the same, if the same um, uh, print that was in the D- Blu-ray. Hmm. And oh, I guess the Blu-ray, Blu-ray is probably, yeah, I don't know. Please tell us. <laughs> and so, are they getting? Did we already discuss this? Are they doing away with DVD? Because this one's not coming out on DVD. That's so far like Red Shoes. They didn't do anything with the DVD. Um, because there's already an existing DVD. So what yeah. do they do for for this? this I guess was there's an already existing DVD too. It was just out of print, wasn't it's it? Out of- Rent. Yeah, so yeah. you can spend hundred dollars so, for the DVD. If you want. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was just because you know they made they made a point of saying they weren't doing away with that. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, for like libraries and stuff. So I was just curious. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't guess, see it here. Yeah, the four K scan yeah. probably wouldn't. I don't know if that would fit on a DVD. I just don't know how that. Yeah, that's of... true. That's true. Okay. All um, right. But yeah, no, it's a good movie. It's uh. So there's a cineast uh, de Notre Dame episode. I always like those. Uh, there's some interviews. Uh, oh, with uh, the author of Melville on Melville. I, I, I read that. It's really good. Uh, some on-set footage. I think a lot of this is from the old Blu-ray, mm-hmm. uh, especially the, the essays. Uh, yeah, 2000 interview with um, uh, the composer. So um, and appreciation by a filmmaker. John Woo. John Woo, yeah. Wow. Which cool. Makes sense. Um, yeah, I, Jill, are you going to grab this one? I might. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think, think we're going to start to get excited, get Jill's uh, coffee um, uh, coffee rush going here soon. It's kicking in. The coffee's kicking in. <laughs> so, Jill, we, we hired an old man to fly us on a plane. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Over... Well, good news. It's James Stewart. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Yeah, we need Drew on here so I'm he can just, do his Jimmy Stewart. I'm just thinking, <laughs> well, yeah. Maybe we're going to this... talk about panties. Maybe, um. <laughs> maybe when this comes out, we'll get Drew back and uh, well, do, yeah, get him, get do him a Jimmy here. Stewart special episode. We can just do a whole, we just talk about all this movie, but we we have to talk like Jimmy Stewart. Uh, right. no, I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, wow. Drew oh. just has to go method, stay in character the whole time, <laughs> and we'll talk about uh, all of Stewart in the collection. It was a very apt pupil. Um, <laughs> okay, that's a terrible Jimmy Stewart. I am so sorry no, to everyone pretty good. Was pretty for, good. you know, subjecting them to that. Um, this is a great one. Yeah, look at that cover. Um, who did the cover? I love the cover. Yeah, it's uh, Sean, Sean Phillips. He's done others. Uh, it looks like an illustration. Yeah, th- this is a f- 
interesting, you know, Technicolor yeah, film. Flight of the Flight of the Phoenix. I don't think we said the title. Oh, yeah. sorry, Flight sorry, listeners. <laughs> Flight of the Phoenix is coming out March twenty second. Robert Aldrich. Yeah. Yes. Like late Aldrich, yep. but uh, yeah, he kept going. No, actually, mid, maybe mid Aldrich. Um, is this the second Aldrich? Because uh, we have Kiss Me Deadly. Yeah. So is this the second one in the collection? I can't remember. Or, is that, or am I missing one? We have a search button for that. <laughs> and I also love this cover. You can see like the dry desert heat just in these colors. It's a great cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very good. And if when you see the film, and this this cover really does uh, uh, summarize the film rather well, especially even the positioning of Hardy Krueger and um, mm-hmm. Jimmy Stewart. So yeah, I, I like this movie a lot too, Jill. I, I think. Yeah. Interestingly, I mean, it didn't. You know, I hate saying this. It didn't feel like a Criterion-ish movie. Um, yeah. It felt like a Twilight time, but I'm still super mm-hmm. excited. Uh, it's yeah. Movie. Yeah, I'm very interested. Like I was. Really, sh- I mean, it is a great movie, but I was really shocked um, to see this one because it does feel more like it, like an indicator or Twilight Time mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of release. Um, but I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, yeah, I think people enjoy it. It's it's not like I wouldn't call it an art film. It's more like a entertainment film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and the and cast I, I, is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God, let's you know hear it for Dan Duryea. God, I love him. Mm-hmm. And I think like Aldrich's name carries uh, some some prestige to it. Like everyone knows him for being kind of like somewhat of a crazy director that worked in the Hollywood system, <laughs> and with his early strange films like Kiss Me Deadly, and then later yeah. strange films like Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. <laughs> yeah, well, anybody that's seen Kiss Me Deadly knows that there's there's a screw loose with. Uh, yes. <laughs> no, uh, no, he's made good, 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 and kind of a journeyman. You know, he didn't stick to one genre, but excelled yeah. in all. Dirty, Dirty Dozen, man. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Oh yeah, Dirty Dozen. Yep. I've got that post, or an original poster downstairs in a frame, and we keep trying to figure out where to put it. And uh, we want to put it in the bathroom. <laughs> and uh, every time we go to hang it, Ellie, our daughter, is like, I don't know, this poster is like really intense. <laughs> I don't know if I want to like look at that one. Because the, um, the, the poster says, train them, excite them, arm them, then turn them loose on the Nazis. <laughs> there's like lots of like you know yeah. big bosomed women on it but yeah. uh yeah robert aldrich yeah love him i do too and i just noticed that this is only blu-ray no dvd so oh wow interesting. okay yeah very interesting criterion hmm. what's yeah. going on i maybe maybe it's a rights thing i i, I don't know I, listeners if you have any inkling of an idea please share um so we have a conversation with uh, Walter Hill and film scholar Alan Silver, I guess is how you pronounce it. Um, that'll be interesting. And this kind of feels like a, a, a movie that uh, Walter Hill would like. Uh, let's see. The bio- okay. Donald Dewey, biogra- a biographer of uh, Jimmy Stewart and his service as a bomber pilot. And I think that's – he gives a good performance. I didn't know he was a bomber pilot. Maybe I should yes. have. But He flew – He okay, so let me get this right. I'm fairly certain that he was the highest ranking um, serviceman in Hollywood. Hmm. 
Hmm. So he and he stayed in after World War Two, he stayed in the like Air Force Reserves for decades. He was like a lieutenant colonel, I think. And he flew, I believe, over 25 bombing missions um, and like highly decorated. But he never talked about his service like because wow. it it really fucked him up. So, um, but he, he stayed in and eventually he, I'm fairly certain he became a Lieutenant Colonel. Hmm. So, um, and I think the only other star that got close in rank would be Robert Montgomery. Interesting. Uh, Oh, wow. Actor, director in his own right. Is Jimmy Stewart like the best person ever? Is he... (laughs) I mean, is there any dirt on this man? Well, a, a little sure bit. I mean, there's, there's, you know, there, there's like one tell all, I think that, you know, accused him of being or saying things that were racist. You know, I don't, mm. I don't know if it's a case of um, the kind of, I say bigotry that was more freely spoken at that time, but I don't, I've never seen anything where he was like a virulent racist. Like it, you know, there's nothing on, on a, uh, in print, like, you know, John Wayne, right. You right. know, interview mm-hmm. or something. Um, and he was conservative, mm-hmm. um, which, I mean, there's no crime in that. No. Um, but he was, and he, he was conservative, but, um, I don't think he would be the kind of conservative that we're seeing today. That makes sense. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't see that, um, with him. I think that, you know, and he was best friends with Henry Fonda, who was super liberal mm-hmm. and they just made an agreement not to discuss politics. <laughs> um, so I think overall he was probably, um, a decent guy. I, okay. I've never heard anything bad about him, you know, other than, yeah, he may have said some things that weren't great, like yeah. on the race front. But mm-hmm. okay. Well, yeah, a lot, probably a lot of people, you know, if you. But I, but I mean, but that's what I'm saying. I'm not excusing that, but like, of course not. Yeah. I'm, I'm right. sure many of those people were said things that weren't great. Yeah, so. just a lot of those didn't get written down. So, uh, right, but yeah, I, he fits this role well. You know, I, I uh, so I, I'm encouraged to, to see what other people think about this. I'm not sure how many people have watched it. That's one thing. Almost the entire month uh, really was complete surprise. So, yeah, I mean, I was I was really shocked, pleasantly uh, shocked. Me too. And so he was yeah. a lieutenant. Uh, hang on, I was trying to find. He was a major general. Wow. So he was the in the Air Force Reserve, retired after 27 years of service with the rank of major general, the highest ranking Hollywood actor to serve in uniform. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. okay. I, I respect service and, uh, you know, especially 25 bombing runs. That's amazing. Yeah. So okay, well, the the one that really jumped out at me. Speaking of surprises, this is Papa Marty, and we're we're gonna get to uh, there was some but not the Marty we all thought was coming. Yeah, there were some Papa Marty rumors. Uh, the best you heard it from me. The best music documentary of all time, The Last Waltz, 
4K Woo! UHD Blu-ray is coming on March 29th, 2022. But um, as someone pointed out, and I can't remember where I saw it, it's not, you know, this is great. You know, we get another Scorsese, but really I think what we should be discussing is this is, uh, the first Neil Diamond in the collection. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny about Neil Diamond in this film is like he's so arrogant, but he's great. But it works. <laughs> it works. You know the story. Um, well, I don't. Well, it won't give anything away because Brad's not seen it. But um, so you know they recorded this on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and it was recorded. Um, the uh, the concert was in the I think the place that they had had their first show or one of the earliest shows. But anyways, the whole idea was they were going to quit touring and just record albums and stuff. But anyway, so they do this big Thanksgiving show and it goes Winterland Ballroom. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, <laughs> they had all these people come, you know, people that they had played with, people that were mm-hmm. like you know, that they loved and, you know, mentors, all this. And, um, so if I get this right, was it, they were going to cut muddy waters out hmm. and of the show. And cause, and, uh, Levon Helm was like not having it. Right. And he was just kind of like pissed off about the whole thing. You know, he made comments about like Robbie Robertson's, um, you know, like rich hair hairdo and all like the loving close ups of him that Scorsese did and everything. And so anyways, um so Levon is like, who the fuck is Neil Diamond? You're gonna <laughs> cut Money Waters for like who the hell is this piece of shit? And so he like put his foot down and was like, Absolutely not, you're not cutting him. So I just thought that was kind of funny. I have nothing against Mr. Diamond. Um However, no, he's, he's great. Yeah, but with the band as his backing band, he's even better. Uh, yeah, but he definitely is like the odd performer out. Like it doesn't yeah. necessarily, he, <laughs> he doesn't fit with the vibe. I, I remember yes. when I first saw that, I was like, him, really? And then, oh, okay, okay. But it works. It totally mm. works. Lots of great uh, stories about this film, too. Uh, I, I'm not going to go into the Neil Young story. <laughs> but, oh, my God. Uh, Google it. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty interesting i'll just say that they made some did did a little bit of editing somehow (laughs) they did and there was also what what did they call the room in the back with all the the cocaine it was like the snow room or something something like there was so much cocaine (laughs) yeah well i'll say it uh neil young had a um a a a gooey boogie (laughs) <laughs> yeah, dripping, that was dripping oh while he during his performance, and I think that they, was, yeah. yeah, I I think they've edited. Okay. I don't I don't know boogie. if the we need the the Drew, Dewey Boogie cut. <laughs> yeah, because I think I I think I had read that like his like his people or whatever were like you cannot have that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they, yeah. They they edited it, but it was definitely like a cocaine. A cocaine boogie. Completely, yeah. <laughs> if anybody knows where we can actually see that um, unedited, it's not going to be on this this version. Trust me. <laughs> Sounds gross. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I, I, I can't really comment on the experience, but uh, um, I, I, I will sh- share. So I have the Masters of Cinema, 
Um, but I hadn't. I, I, I pre-ordered when it came out, and I hadn't watched it. Uh, and then we watched the the other band documentary last year, and then we watched this one immediately because it was a good documentary. But we're like, hey, we're talking about the band. We just got to go straight to the last waltz. Mm-hmm. Like that's just the way the world works. And as it happens, you both know we adopted a COVID cat kitten. Mm-hmm. And um, if, if you go to my Facebook, uh, that's basically all I talk about. Um, and that cat is like 47 pounds. He's, he's massive. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was such a big cat. He was like a pound when we got him and was so adorable. And then he just started blowing up, uh, but he's fun too. Uh, we, we love him, but we were trying to think of a name and, you know, during a pandemic, you know, just, I don't know. What, what do you look for cat names? We had a, a ton of bad ideas, but after this experience, um, uh, this was not long after Levon Helm passed, I think, I believe. Um, so we were like Levon. And that's his name, Levon. Nice. And everybody says, "Oh, it's a, you named him after the uh, the uh, Elton John song, which yeah. is it is a good song." But when people say, "Did you name him after the band?" I'm like, "You're my kind of people." <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, we so have. Where would you place this? Like, I love "Give Me Shelter," and like, where would you place this next to like "Stop Making Sense," "Give Me Shelter," some of the other famous uh, band films, a uh, document. Uh, yeah, uh, music films. films. I actually yeah. did a list recently because I put American Utopia into that list. Um, mm-hmm. That's a good one. And and the same list was Stop Making Sense. So I think I had this one, Stop Making Sense 2. Um, I think I had American Utopia 5. Uh, I think Gimme Shelter was in the mix. Maybe Don't Look Back. I'm, I'm not, I can't remember. There's, I mean, it's, maybe Woodstock. it's up there for me. I mean... Yeah, but I mean, I love "Give Me Shelter" too, but I yeah. may prefer mm-hmm. this one. Okay, that so far "Give Me Shelter" is my number one, but I remain open to being to having my mind changed. <laughs> the thing it's almost apples oranges because this is just really a remarkable performance and uh, and and great concert filmmaking that really influenced how um, you know, like just I talked about it yesterday on the Criterion Cast show. Um, you know, the Get Back it influenced that even. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so so we have a new digital 4K, so it's not the same as the um, the, the uh, Masters of Cinema, and we have UHD. So uh, let's see. Here was something that was pointed so out. We could have had the the cocaine booger in 4K. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm we, sorry. Please continue. We should be disappointed. <laughs> um, Damn it. I want the, the unedited. The cocaine cut. Oh, it's just, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, there's outtakes. <laughs> yeah, they're in there. No, I don't in think there. they're in there. I think I've seen those outtakes. They're, they're not in there. Uh, a little controversy. I, I saw somebody call this out. Uh, two audio commentaries uh, featuring director Scorsese, uh, Robertson, and then it says other members of the band. So, Oof. yeah, yeah. I, Robertson... No, no disrespect to Robbie, but um, but I, th- I think if it, so, uh, mm. Brad, a lot of the uh, the band members are no longer with us. So, mm. in fact, I think Robbie's all I that's think left, right? Robbie's, but, but like, I didn't they have it. didn't Aren't they have they, names? Garth, they did have names, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Richard Manuel, Danko, um, da- no. Rick Danko, Hudson. Um, okay. I thought when you, said, yeah. when you said "oof," I thought like it was 
a slight that they didn't list the names of the other people that are on this commentary, but you were talking that's that they have passed away. Well, yeah. The, the, well, the, and, and the fact that they just don't, I mean, like, that's such a dick move to not list off. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they're, t- I mean, I know that they've, they reform, like, I know that they brought in other um, musicians when they did, like, different little, you know, reconfigurations or whatever over the years. But, yeah, no, everyone from the original lineup is dead. Well, except for Garth. Except for Robbie. Gar- Wait, Robbie, Garth is still with him? Yeah, but he's basically a recluse. Yeah, he's still alive. Yeah, okay, okay. Um. So, okay, well, that's... uh. That's that, and uh, well, let's see any other features. But yeah, okay. So pa- Papa Marty, uh, essay by Amanda Pe- Petrusich. Do you know her, Jill? I don't. Okay. Well, I can't wait. This is the release of the month for me. And, Absolutely, yeah, I'm super excited to watch this. Yeah, it was... I really think you'll love it. It's just it's so well done. And I've heard about it like great. forever. Yeah, and, and it's it's so good, and it has a great soundtrack too. So if you like that mm-hmm. '70s rock music, um, yeah, I, I recommend um, spinning that a few times. So the next one is, I think, the only one we actually could have really predicted because uh, this is "Love Jones" by Theodore Witcher, and I want to say it was earlier this year he tweeted that this was coming to the collection. Um, yeah, him and Barry Jenkins tweeted that's, that's right. that uh, Love Jones and Jenkins' uh, melan- Medicine for Melancholy were both going to join the collection at some point. Yeah, so hopefully that'll be soon. Um, I don't know much about this movie. Uh, let's, I know it's 1997. I don't really remember hearing much about it around that time. I don't either. Yeah, me neither. Um, but yeah, I, I'm super thrilled. So let's see. 90s uh, black creative scene. Yeah, I've I've seen reactions around the internet that people are really really stoked for this. So I think this might be like the discovery of the month, maybe. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And yeah, a love story basically. Isaiah Washington, Lisa Con- Nicole Nar- Carson, Bill Bellamy. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people in. in That's nineties right there. Yeah. Uh, and we have a new interview with Witcher and film scholar Raquel Gates. Uh, let's see, music scholars. Looks like there's a music element to this, so that that makes sense. And then a panel discussion featuring um, Witcher and the cast and crew. So I, I don't know if that's recent or or um, it doesn't have a date, but sounds good. And yeah, we uh, we just recorded the Criterion Cast Best of 2021, and we talked a lot about the inclusion and incorporating more Black filmmakers. I was glad that we did. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if this episode will be out before that one or after that one, but I, I recommend you give that a listen when when it's out. And I'm gonna this will be a right in the player. I can't wait. So that's May. Woo! Yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh, talk about some of so some of the recent and coming soon. Uh, we we haven't done one of these like catch all news newsish recent stuff kind of shows in a while. I'm, we've been having fun with Farron and others. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you've had a lot of great guests on recently. Yeah, they so like, it's been, it's been good. Show, and then we get Brad. <laughs> wait, wait, what are you trying to say, Jill? <laughs> no. I'm, no, I'm very happy to have Brad on. Brad's oh, a great thanks. guest. Brad's an <laughs> old-time uh, friend of the show. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, Farron was great. But we haven't been able to talk about like the recent release late now that we've kind of seen them. So, um, so recently released, we just got the December... Uh, titles Red Shoes, The Learning Tree, One Night in Miami, and hold your thoughts on One Night in Miami. Um, they just arrived for, for me, so I haven't had a chance to 
to put them in. I, I was tempted to put the red shoes on the other night, but I just wanted the moment to be right. You know, um, either of you started with these? I yet? haven't. I haven't picked these up yet. The only no, yeah, I haven't gotten these yet. Yeah, I haven't gotten. I, I mean, I'm not a completist, so. I don't know which ones I'll get. Um, I already have the red shoes and Blu-ray, and I'm not currently like 4K compatible, so I don't know that I'm in a super hurry yeah. to pick up the 4K of the red shoes. Yeah, it might go on sale someday. I, I don't know how how because these the prices are higher. So yeah, you have time. There was also Menace to Society, which I did I did watch, and uh, that was that yeah, was great. Uncut Gems, um, which I rewatched twice. <laughs> oh God, nice. I love it that. <laughs> No, I have the uh, 4K that came out, you know, last spring or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll eventually probably the flash sale in March. I'll pick that one up. Missed opportunity when when um, um, Brad was talking about Melville. I should have just said I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> and then so I was... picked up I picked up this uh, uncut gems. I did grab the 4K just because I've never had this. I haven't had the movie yet, so and it comes with the Blu-ray, but um, I love this movie. <laughs> it is yeah. like a heart attack, but it's so wildly entertaining. <laughs> I was so freaked out the entire time. I was like, just stop doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Please, this is not going to end well. The soundtrack's incredible. Oh, it like, is. It, just, yeah. it creates such a propulsion throughout the whole thing. Yeah, and, and, and the su- supplements were really great, too. Um, you know, really what they did with KG and how they, you know, kind of, brought a real game into the movie um, was was really uh, brilliant and um, and they kind of talk about how how they shot some of those scenes um, KG was great I thought um, I'll also share having watched it twice again that it's it's doesn't really lose much of its intensity even though you know, you know it's coming yeah it shouldn't that's a good film well I've asked um, Thomas to get me the like diamond encrusted Furby pendant <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll let you guys know if if I get it, you're not gonna go bid for the the big one, <laughs> <laughs> or try to bid bid it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen Uncut Gems, you're missing out. Um, yes. But don't watch it like on a work night. Um, and then finally, Citizen Kane has come out. And yeah. Uh, Who I, who's this? What's this? Yeah, movie? Wait, wait, what? <laughs> what? And I I watched the 4K and yeah, it was just a great experience. So. What can you say? I haven't put mine on yet, but, um, and I haven't returned my, or I haven't destroyed my Blu-ray yet. I should probably do that. That's what I did. Because I have the 4K version, but I, I'm not 4K compatible yet. But yeah. Right. right. I, I, I cut my my uh, Blu-ray disc in half and had a, my, I, I followed their orders. So I guess I'm just waiting to get the replacement. I know some people have gotten emails. My cousin, actually, he lives in the States. Uh, he he got an email saying that his is on the way. I'm not sure if any of us Canadians have gotten that email yet, but hopefully hopefully before too long. Did you did you put the Blu-ray in and take a look at what they were talking about? Or No, I didn't. I just cut it. Okay. Yeah. I did, though, Jill. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was... You you made the right call, Brad. I mean, yeah. You you don't want to. You want the best quality, and, and it, yeah. it, it it was noticeable. So I um yeah I just plopped it plopped it into. Plopped I wonder it. what ha- I wonder what happened. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I kind of know. Okay. Edit, editing shows that sometimes you might mm-hmm. you might have a glitch somewhere, but 
Yeah, somebody messed up. Um, yeah, no, some accident cost cost them a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but those are going out. I I have not returned my. I'm not going to return mine. I mean, why? I I got 4K. So uh, okay, and, and <laughs> I think this is going to be all you, Brad, because Jill and I have talked these to death. But uh, coming soon, we have the celebration time, hard days night. Dick Johnson is dead, and the piano. Um, which of those are you looking forward to? Um, so I'm super curious about uh, the celebration, uh, which I have not seen. Um, I, I am interested in the dogma movement somewhat. Um, I've seen The Idiots, which is the Lars von Trier one. I think that's the only dogma film that I've seen. Um, so I'm curious about this. Um, I do want to see Time. I know it's on Amazon Plus. Uh, so I'm hoping Amazon Prime. Sorry, <laughs> I was like, that sounds kind of right. You're combining sure. streaming services. There's too many. Of these it's a new oh, streaming service. We our exclusive announcement here on Criteria Now is Amazon Plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, and I H- feel... HBO minus. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of feel Beatles doubt at the moment. I love the Beatles. I do. Mm-hmm. But like everything is Beatles right now because of Peter Jackson's documentary. So yeah. I'm not sure how quickly I want to get to Hard Day's Night. But I do love Dick Johnson is Dead. That is a fantastic film yes. from last year. Yeah, absolutely. And I absolutely love the piano. And Jane Campion is amazing. And we'll talk about her new film in a bit. But both of those films, fantastic. We, will we? Okay. And I will pick them up. Won't we? <laughs> Isn't that on your thingy? I don't know. I will see. <laughs> <laughs> will we? <laughs> yeah, no, it's quite slight. I didn't mean to exclude you, Jill. I, I know we talked about these already. But yeah. Did you have any thoughts? Anything to add? They're all great. Yeah. It's a good month. <laughs> those, are, those are my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, of those, it's just, oh, it's the Hard Day's Night and the Piano or 4K. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of love for camping lately. So maybe we'll get to that. See, Brad. We will. I'll I'll make sure. <laughs> okay. That sounds vaguely threatening. <laughs> Not. It's good way. It's good. It's in a good way. Yeah. It's a good threat. <laughs> a, a good threat. Um. And so so we we were terrible on the poll this, again. We have been for two months now. It's really lots of surprises coming out. But the one thing that I noticed just going through the list is we've had so many Janus films tour um, over the last year, really, that um, and usually you could almost set your clock to it. Like, you know, it tours and three months later it's on disc. But and I don't know if maybe it's because of COVID. Maybe they're not doing those special screenings as much. Although in some they, like New York, they, they are still showing these films. But um, we still haven't got gotten the... Um, the uh, uh, Romare uh, Tale of Four Seasons, and that mm-hmm. I think that was like a year ago, maybe not quite, but a long time ago. Any... I mean, I suspect you're right, it's probably COVID. I'm just wondering, yeah. cost analysis, uh, how much are they really making releasing these films in the theaters right now? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think enough people are going to the. Th- I mean, yeah, enough people weren't going to the theater before COVID. I mean, that they, they were, you know, having issues with people paying. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's fifty bucks if you take your family to the movies. You know, so you know, I, I think COVID probably has a big, big part of that. I don't know. Yeah, but you know, I think your your point about before COVID 
you know, a lot of these, I don't, I don't think a lot of people were going to Janus screenings. No, except no. for maybe New York, L.A. Um, <clears throat> there was a Janus screening. I actually wanted to slip this in if I could. Uh, in um, uh, what is the Draft House, the Alamo Draft House? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, there was some Godzilla films that were screened that did that had the Janus logo in front of them, but they are not in our great big Godzilla box set. That's so right. That, and, that was really interesting. In fact, I, I don't think we've talked about that, but yeah, there are rumors about an, uh, the next era of Godzilla. I guess it's the yes. 80s. I forget which. So, um, yeah. The high sea era? High sea era, I think. It'll be spine <laughs> it matches, 2000. It matches with the, the Gamera box set that Arrow released. Those are sort of the same mm. eras. Oh, okay. gotcha. Um, so, yeah, you know, that, that's fun. Uh, but I'm super excited. I, I'm a big kaiju fan. So, okay. So the, uh, Kemp Powers, the the writer of and uh, the writer of the play and the movie One Night in Miami, did a really great closet video. And we already compared notes before the show. I know you, you both of you, of you got to watch it, but I recommend. Uh, it was really a thoughtful um, video, and I I found it was interesting the titles he chose like. Um, it's the type of films that like a playwright would choose like 12 angry men, you know, just dramas. Um, but he chose one movie that made me, th- my first thought was, has Jill sh- showed this to Ellie? And, <laughs> and it was Watership Down. So my question, I he, have not. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, it, it would, it would probably crush her, but, but yeah, it, I don't know. Not, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, you know, my husband, he read that book when he was a kid and saw the movie and everything. And I've, and I've seen the movie. I don't know if it would be okay for her. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty d- brutal. Yeah. Um, it's so yeah. good though. It's so good. Maybe, maybe like teenager or so. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's like you watch Bambi. All right. Deers die. Uh, <laughs> then you, she hasn't even seen Bambi. Oh, I, I I was a kid. I was it's, crushed with Bambi. Yeah, I mean, she's seen Bambi's uh, Secret of Nim. Oh yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And she cried. See, Secret of Nim was one of my favorites. Um, and you know, and I I wanted to show it to her years ago, and you know, my husband's a scientist, and he was like, I don't know, like. I feel like, you know, because the scientists are the bad guys and I don't like that whole, mm. like, kind of message. I'm like, well, in this yeah. one, they are bad. Like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, but it doesn't give a full picture. I'm like, I don't care. It's a great movie. And so we showed it to her um, eh, maybe two years ago and um, she loved it and cried at the right parts and... I think she also thinks that Jonathan's a total babe, the <laughs> the, the rat. But she yeah. doesn't hate hate her dad. Uh, she doesn't think no. she has it. So no. Uh, but yeah, the the, <laughs> the the closet video was was great, and you know I I was kind of like I liked One Night in Miami, but I wasn't overwhelmed by it. But hearing him talk about like you know his influences, like he brings up like Maywan, uh, which is yeah just a, a lot great of it. Film. It is a great mm-hmm. film, and uh, and I can kind of see where. He kind of mixes how he approaches mixing, you know, uh, real real people with um, with fiction. So um, so I, I yeah I'm looking forward to that. I hope I think he has a supplement on there. I hope so. 
Um, let's see. Okay, we got to get to some of the teases and leaks. So, all right. Apparently, John Waters continues saying Pink Flamingos is coming. Do you know what the deal is, Brad? So uh, apparently, he's been doing uh, tours and uh, public speaks. I mean, he's hired all the time to go around and talk to film students and to have screenings of his films and stuff. And people keep in the audience keep asking him, "Is Pink Flamingos coming to Criterion?" And I think in two instances, two separate instances, people have said that he has responded yes. So I think that's a good sign. Mm -hmm. I certainly think Criterion is the right place for it. Um, Mm -hmm. And they have such a good relationship with him that it makes sense. Yeah, totally. Okay. Well, do you think 2022 is the year? I would think so. I I think 2022. Oh, I can't even say it. 2022 <laughs> is uh, is the year of Pink Flamingos. Well, Why not? Yeah, I think we're due for some more John Waters. Um, he's absolutely. absolutely. Um, okay, now, I mean, this is, I've been kind of cringing thinking about getting to this rumor, but okay. <laughs> I, let me just say I'm totally cracking up over and his quote leaks <laughs> <laughs> so let, let me just say that sometimes is there he are... leaking alfredo sauce or oh, <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> so, hey. yeah if, if anybody's <laughs> seen is... curb curb your enthusiasm this season that that's what that came from um <laughs> yeah so okay we uh, sometimes get the dude on the internet with his inside info and sometimes it's outlandish, and sometimes it's right. So, um, okay, so here's what he said. He said, After Hours is not coming to Warner Archive. It's coming to Criterion, um, mm-hmm. and as well as Pulp Fiction. Uh, mm-hmm. After Hours will likely only be a blue, but Pulp, Pulp Fiction is 4K. Uh, so they said they will, however, introduce a Scorsese film in 4K next year, which he did. they did like two days after this. <laughs> <laughs> Just not after after hours. He's already wrong. Um, Dead Presidents is also coming back too, but everyone kind of already assumed that. Uh, let's see. After Hours is already having its cover art package design working on. Pulp Fiction is going to be near spring mm. summer release. So spot the lies. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think he's been destroyed. His credibility has been destroyed. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think After Hours is a pretty safe guess. I have trouble believing that the studios would part with Pulp Fiction to give it to Criterion, but who knows? Yep. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, someday, maybe, you know, but not. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't see that. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm thinking like some someday, like ten years from now. Um, <laughs> but okay. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure there will be. There's a lot of Scorsese out there, and they have a great relationship, and he does so much for films. So I'm sure someday we'll get more. But um, mm-hmm. so yeah, good guessing, Fettuccini. Keep at it. Keep your day job. But it, the other thing is that it, <laughs> it, it all. <laughs> They all just seem to be like big titles that have already had numerous releases already. I mean, yes, I want After Hours on Blu-ray, but like, I'm not in a rush to get yeah. to buy another version of Pulp Fiction. I'm like, how about some? Yeah. If you really want to create some like goo- juicy gossip, like, what about some filmmakers that are still, you know, waiting to get to get their Blu-ray releases? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, you and who sesh. has Pulp? Who who has a uh, Pulp Fiction right now? I mean, there's like 72 well, million blu-rays of it yeah exactly but, um well it, it wouldn't would it be new line um because it or i forget who acquired all the miramax films okay 
yeah, whoever required. Uh, all I feel the like movies. every other day, though, there's like another Quentin Tarantino box set that comes mm-hmm. out. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's supposed to only make one more movie, so we'll see. So mm-hmm. that'll okay. be the last Tarantino box set. Um, okay, another thing that um, I'm kind of queasy about is somebody put some news media, and <laughs> I, I, I'm putting that in air quotes because. <laughs> I, I don't know these people. Maybe maybe they're very credible. I don't want to insult them, but um, somebody posted a, a Mank cover uh, on Twitter and said it's coming, and it said that that's the cover. So, Brad, you're, you you have artistic tendencies, or you're an artist. Um, I am. And you saw you saw that image, right? Yes. So, so what's the what do you think? Um, I don't. I mean, it's a okay i don't think it's anything really remarkable <laughs> as, as a cover art image um i have a heart like i'm sure mank is coming eventually everyone gird your loins mank is coming to criteria <laughs> you um, think so really i think I, mean, it will. I think yeah i think it will it's Netflix. because of their yeah their deal with netflix yeah. and they have a good relationship with fincher and they just put out citizen kane so i'm pretty sure it's coming but I, I don't think that it, the cover is going to be anything very different than that poster, the official poster, where it's like mm-hmm. Gary Oldman in the middle and the, yeah. their faces are all caricatured and stuff. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think there are a lot of scenes in that movie that would actually work as a cover. Um, you know, even just the Oldman in, in the house. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't really like Mank too much. I, I like some things about it. But come to think of it, I think I might... I think some of the supplements about Mank might be kind of interesting. Um, I'm going to be honest. Like, I didn't like Mank. Um, I think its script is kind of sort of like, why is this movie being made? But, like, I'm curious to revisit <laughs> it. There are scenes in it that I really enjoyed watching. And <laughs> At first of... I thought you were going to say, there are scenes in it. It is technically a movie. <laughs> it is it's a series what, they of... call a, it's what they call a movie. <laughs> it has a certain specified number of frames per second. <laughs> but I, I'm curious to revisit it. I'm a big Fincher fan. This wasn't his best outing, but I'm curious to, to give it a second watch. Yeah, I'll, I'll have an open mind too if it comes, but... Um, yeah, there were some good scenes. Okay, so uh, <laughs> this is quite a transition. All right, uh, The Worst Person in the World <laughs> by by Joachim Trier. Uh, I, I'm hearing great things about this. Uh, yeah, me too. And I haven't seen... Uh, Trier's been one of those kind of foreign can kind of directors that um, you know gets buzzed about but doesn't really make a big splash here in the States. Uh, and I think he's been on the channel a good bit. But he's getting really big accolades for this film, and it's coming to Criterion. And there's actually a lot of new movies coming to Criterion lately. There are. Yeah. Um, have you seen this yet? Or I don't know if it's in Canada. No, we haven't got it yet in Canada, but I'm super excited for this one. Yeah, me too. And and same with um, uh, Fea Day and, um, oh, tip of my tongue, it's one of the... Drive, Drive My Car. My car. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we Drive know... My Car is getting... I'm just hearing from everyone, drive my car, drive my car, drive my car. Yeah, all I over. See it. Yeah, it's crazy to have a, I, no, maybe it's not crazy, but it's great to have, have a Japanese film in like top fives mm-hmm. pretty much consistently. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, good job, Criterion. You got you di- distributing some, uh, some big films. So, um, all right, let's move on. Uh, Lucas and Melanie Hobson. Uh, is this yours, Jill? Yeah. So, um, 
you know, a few days ago, it was announced that George Lucas and his wife, Melody Hobson, through their uh, Hobson Lucas Foundation, donated a lot of money to NYU um, for their film school. And it is being named the Martin Scorsese Institute and Virtual Production Center, which is amazing. And um, I kind of got emotional over it. Like, yeah. it's really sweet for in, in. I almost, almost forgive Lucas for the changes he made to Star Wars. Um, <laughs> but I just thought it was really um, lovely of of uh, him and uh, Ms. Hobson to uh, donate all. I mean, I think they are funding all of it. Oh, that's awesome. And um, or if not all, but at least enough to get naming rights for it. And the fact that they're not naming it after themselves, mm -hmm. I think that's a very classy thing to do. And, um, and Papa Marty needs something named after him. <laughs> yeah. Name, name everything after him. Cause he's um, so precious. I love him. Yeah. This is, we should change the show name to the Papa Marty love. Papa Marty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But George got, he has that Disney money. So, you know, got to spend yeah. it. Yeah. Um, the, the virtual uh, production technology that they're showcasing at the center um, was the stuff that was used in the Mandalorian, how they had that whole, that whole wall. That's a screen and the actors and it plays oh, wow. like digital. And so that the actors like feels like it's in an, their environment. So rather than having to add that later, the actor can yeah. actually perform in it. And I oh, believe cool. some of that was hmm. used in the Irishman too. So oh, it's okay. also connected to Marty that way. Nice. Nice. Very yeah. nice. Um, yeah. I love, Love to go to it. I don't know if um is that gonna be open to the public? I'm not sure. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. All right, well, we are to our segments. So let's um let's get get with a uh, beyond criterion. Um Brad, do you got anything? Um yeah, so it's a pretty exciting time uh to be a fan of the Shaw brothers, uh especially if you're region one locked like I am. <laughs> don't <laughs> at me about that. Um <laughs> but uh two companies have uh been putting out a slew of their stuff. So um eighty eight films is a company that ha is in the UK and so far has only been doing uh UK releases. But just recently they announced that they have a handful of Shaw Brothers titles that they are bringing to both UK and uh, here to North America, so the US and Canada. Um, so there's two of them that have just come out, uh, the Chinese Boxer and Disciples of Shaolin, and there should be more coming throughout 2022, so keep an eye on those. And the other one, of course, is Arrow Video, just dumped this massive brick on all of our laps uh, called Shawscope, which is an enormous box set full of a bunch of Shaw Brothers movies that have been newly restored and are just dripping with extras. And the, I just got it yesterday or the day before uh, on my doorstep, and it is absolutely beautiful. So wow. um, everybody pick those up. Um, it's because we want to support more uh, more Hong Kong cinema um, and more Shaw, Brother, Shaw, Shaw Brothers films. And teaser, we're going to be talking about some of that. Um, I've Yeah, so more to come. What you got, Jill? Um, all right. I have two films uh, for my Beyond Criterion. The first um, is a new release from Warner Archive, and it's Angels with Dirty Faces. Mm. And I love this film. I'm so glad that we have um, a Blu-ray release. 
I, I think it's been out of print for a long time. Um, every once in a while, it'll show up on a on like one of those like uh, gangster movie, mm-hmm. you know, where there's like six movies all on like uh, dual sided DVDs, you know. Um, so this one's got James Cagney and his good friend Pat O'Brien. And this also has the Dead End Kids um, and Humphrey Bogart uh, and Sheridan, George Bancroft. And this is directed by the wonderful Michael Curtiz. And um, yeah, this is just a this is a great movie. And the Dead End Kids, who actually uh, the, the actors made their first appearance in William Wyler's Dead End. Um, and they were in several other films and they build them collectively as the dead end kids. Um, anyways, this is, um, a great movie and Jimmy Cagney is fantastic. So, uh, and then I have one that, um, I asked for, for my birthday earlier this month. And that is, um, the masterpiece that is Dan (laughs) Aykroyd's nothing but trouble. Oh, why isn't New... that Criterion? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, I want to I want to call up Peter Becker and be like, OK, look, we need a 4K. We need a box set um, devoted to nothing but trouble. I love this damn movie. It is so stupid. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it's just it's so good. So, so good. And Demi Moore's uh, like white suit, short suit jacket thing she wears is awesome. Digital Underground is in this. <laughs> um, it's just a fun movie. The the late John Candy. Um, and, you know, this uh, this came out on Shout Select. And let me tell you, this thing, you know, I have like a really old DVD of this movie. And my husband was like, why do you want to buy it again? You already have it. And I was like, well, I need the Blu-ray. And he was like, really, Jill? <laughs> you don't need a Blu-ray in this movie. But um, no, there's a lot of uh, extras here. Uh, you have a new interview with actor, writer, and director Dan Aykroyd. A new interview with Chevy Chase. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's worth it. That's worth I it. Mean, Why would your husband poo-poo that? <laughs> I mean, you know, and um, yeah. Yeah, che- I love che- it. Chevy is, uh, you know, notoriously. Uh, He's an ha- asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yes. I, was, I was looking for that word. <laughs> He's an asshole. No, I was looking for. Uh, yeah. But you know, this is pe- this is peak Chevy. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. 1991, peak Demi too. Like, just <laughs> her hair is so great in this. Um. Yeah, so yeah. Fun. I don't remember the movie, honestly. <laughs> Both of you are like, oh, great, Jill. <laughs> no, it's such a nightmare of a movie. Um, yeah. yeah. In that... a good way or a bad way? Oh, have you not seen it? <laughs> no, I haven't. <gasps> what? Yeah, okay. It's so bad, but in a good way. Okay. So you... In a so, good way? In a good way, yeah. It's nuts. All right. Well, mine are both. Yeah. (laughs) Mine are are both from uh, the Australian label imprint. And I I wasn't sure how the shipping stuff worked. Um, I I know that they can't get stuff from us right now, but apparently I I think we can get stuff from them. Uh, But they just announced their March slate. And one of the films was Johnny Got His Gun uh, by um, 
Uh, oh, Blacklist, what, uh, one of my favorite writers. They did a movie about him. Oh, the, Dalton Trumbo. With Dalton Trumbo. Yeah, thank you. Right, right. Tip of my tongue. Yeah, I think he wrote the book and the, the movie, um, but he didn't direct it. Uh, I forget who directed it. But um, yeah, Johnny Got His Gun is coming out. I saw this a long time ago. This And it's it's a good movie, but this is not the type of movie you watch, you rewatch, you know? Mm-hmm. But our good friend of the show, Matthew Asprey Gear, did the commentary for oh, this cool. release. So oh, wow. I, I went ahead and pre-ordered it uh, just for that, and uh, I'll, I think I probably will just watch it again with Michael uh, Matthew. Dalton Trumbo did direct this. Oh, he did. Okay, wow. This is like the most Dalton Trumbo project ever. Um, but I a lot of love for Dalton Trumbo. Um, tremendous talent. Um, also, they announced the Osterman Weekend, which I had seen a very, very long time ago and didn't really think much of. This was a late pe- peck and paw. It might have been the, his last pe- peck and paw. Um, I, I, I don't remember. Apparently, there was a, a some studio fight. Surprise, surprise. And um, and the, the, the film was released with some cut that wasn't peck and paws, and um, I, I guess it didn't do that well. And so... This one is his actual director's cut, um, so maybe maybe it's time to reappraise that one um, mm-hmm. if you're a Peck and Paw fan. And so yeah, we'll check it out. I, Imprint's doing pretty good work, and I, I think there's some some other good stuff coming out soon too. I agree. Uh, I agree. It's just a little expensive for shipping, so I, I suggest you just. I have not ordered from them directly. I've, but I have gotten a couple imprint titles, and I I ordered them through. Um, deep discount i think oh okay. so sometimes now i don't think you can always pre-order but sometimes um a couple of the the websites here will will import some of them and it'll be like free shipping or close to free okay well yeah they're so, putting out good I, stuff so i'm glad glad to see that yeah i i uh, ordered from them i got the uh the box set they released the collaborations box set I do. um yeah, hmm. I, I and, forgot I have and, that too. Uh, yeah, got to add that to the rotation. Yeah. And uh, and also uh, Lynch's The Straight Story. I got that one as well. Oh, I did, yeah. I did okay. too. The work. Yeah, that was great. Okay, so let's back, back to Criterion, do our short takes. Criterion's we've watched lately. So, Brad, what do you have? Sure. So um, I've been watching mostly a lot of stuff on Shutter and catching up new releases. So I've been sort of haven't been too focused on Criterion's release, but there was one that I saw on the channel that just has been rattling in my mind ever since. And it's Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, which is Russ <laughs> Meyer's only entry <laughs> into the Criterion uh, collection. Um, I'm hoping that there's more. I, I love Faster Pussycat Kill Kill, as I'm sure many, many do. Um, but this movie just confounds and confuses me and fascinates <laughs> me. I don't understand <laughs> how it was made. I don't understand why it was exists. Mm-hmm. We talked earlier about um, genres of film that, uh, like melodrama, that doesn't seem to exist anymore. And this film kind of, when I watched it, I felt like that, where it was referencing a bunch of things that maybe if I was alive at that time, I would understand the satire or more deeply. But mm-hmm. because I don't, I'm I'm constantly searching for a way to access this maddening film. Um, the Blu-ray has a great interview with John Waters, which really, really helps put this film in sort of a historical context and puts Russ Meyer in a historical context. Um, 
its other major collaboration is Roger Ebert, who mm-hmm. everyone knows <laughs> and famously wrote this screenplay. And he does an entire commentary, which I just watched on it, um, which I just watched the entirety of. Again, I'm trying to understand how this film existed. <laughs> I'm not really that much closer to my answer, but I am enjoying the search. It sort of reminds me of like, how did the Rocky Horror Picture Show get made? It's that kind of strange film that seems to like just exist in its in and of itself, separate from everything else in the world. Um, so it's, I mean, it is a problematic film. There are some elements of it that do not age very well but such as what happens when we watch watch old films so as long as you keep that in mind um it's wildly entertaining and i i for something that is completely honest to god completely different than anything else in the collection give this one a spin do a double feature with valley of the dolls seriously (laughs) Um, yeah i haven't seen valley of the dolls yet (laughs) really okay that's where and that was successful but that's where you watch that mm-hmm. and you understand that's successful and it's even more baffling that beyond <laughs> happened like <laughs> i yeah i don't there's pro- there probably should be a book about that uh what, what you got jill all right so i can't remember if i've picked this as a short take in the past or not but i'm doing it anyways because i just watched it and that's the original nightmare alley um because I kind of want to see the new one, but now I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to go to the theater or not. But um, yeah, so Nightmare Alley, Tyrone Power, Joan Blondell, Colleen Gray. Um, I uh, love this movie. And the Criterion, yeah, the Criterion Edition is fantastic. It is, yeah. And um, it looks so good. It looks so much better than the DVD that I had. And um Super bleak, great noir, and um, yeah, watch it. Just a great example of how you could take noir out of you know the inner city. You know, take it carnival noir is really what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, total carny, carny noir. Carny noir, the geek, and I, I, I know we talked. Well, we talked about it with Imogen when she was on, but I think that was the only time. Um, so, well, no, no, we've talked about the new movie anyway. Mine is, I'm cheating a little bit here. Mine is Once Upon a Time in China. Um, I'm cheating because that's technically six films. Um, I've only watched <laughs> five of them, and I, 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 I know that's a lot, but I spaced them out a little bit. Um, the first three are with Jet Li, and the second, or the four and five, are with uh, some other dude uh, who uh, was fine, but there's a big drop off. Let me just, I'll just warn you. I was surprised. I had heard, uh, you know, you know, set those um, expectations. I didn't realize how far the drop off would be, but they are um, quite impressive actually. And, um, and really interesting. I don't want to get too much into it, but they, they really, um, they get into like Chinese history and how that interacted with like uh, colonialism sort of, uh, and, and really from the Chinese perspective, um, because they have uh, they have American actors that are that speak Chinese, which is um, which, which is something. Um, and they are kung fu movies, and Jet Li is an amazing talent. But um, Sui Hark, uh, the way he actually edits some of the fight sequences is was pretty remarkable. Of course, it's ludicrous. You know, somebody's not going to defeat somebody with a, a 
silk cloth. You know, that, that actually happens <laughs> in the movie. Lots of it's basically a superhero uh, kung fu movie, but um, yeah, quite a ride. And and yeah, we'll be talking about that next month with um with some special guests. But uh, mm-hmm. so that's really why I, I cracked. Oh, that. nice. Yeah. So all right, let's should we wind up, wind down with um pieces of flair stuff that's not in the Criterion Collection. Um, Brad, what you got? Sure. So, um, as I mentioned, I've been watching, I've been trying to catch up with uh, 2021 films uh, before the end of the year. And as Joe mentioned, uh, there was Nightmare Alley. And then there was also a new Nightmare Alley, which (laughs) I had the pleasure of watching last night. Uh, Guillermo del Toro, um, co-written by Kim Newman, who I believe you guys know. Um, Kim Morgan. Oh, Kim Morgan. I'm sorry. Apologies. Um. (laughs) Uh, and it's fantastic. I really enjoyed myself. It's very interesting to see uh, differences between the two filmmakers and how they adapt and interpret this this novel. And I would say that the original is is a bit more hopeful. It's a bit more about you know a man trying to f- or people trying to fight against this darkness. But I think Del Toro. There's a there's a bleakness here. He's wow. staring into the void, and it's it's really, it's a very delicious evil film. Um, I highly recommend it. Hmm. Oh, very good. So they announced today that they're doing. Um, it's going to be called Nightmare Alley: Vision in Darkness and Light, and they will be doing a black and white version of it. Nice. Wow. Uh, that'll I think on Jan- starting in January fourteenth for theaters. Uh, we'll play it for up to six days. And um, so he said that they, sh- even though they shot the movie in color, they lit it as if it were black and white. Wow. wow. So um, that will be, and of course it's only going to be in LA. So LA, uh-huh. uh, the new Bev on January 15th and 16th, um, the Grove at the AMC at the Grove, a landmark in the Los Feliz theater. Um so, but I'm hoping, you know, maybe they'll do some kind of like roadshow thing with mm-hmm. it, or at the very least, maybe we'll get it as a maybe uh, get both versions on on a release. Yeah, kind of like yeah, Parasite. Just both versions. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That would be great. Um, you know, maybe it's not outside of the realm of possibility. Maybe it'll come to Criterion. You know, there's there's a connection mm-hmm. there. So. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. True. All right. Do you have anything, Jill? I do, and I hope I don't step on your toes with this one, but um, is the Peter Jackson um, three-part documentary, Get Back. Um, I absolutely loved it. Um, I, like, we could just do a whole show on <laughs> on, on this. There's just so much to say. Um, I think, so I had... I've seen Let It Be. Um, I had it on VHS um, because it was released on home video. I believe it was an MPI uh, VHS. And I watched it when I was a teenager and I cried. And I never watched it again because it was so fucking depressing. (laughs) And so seeing seeing that in this larger context that Jackson was able to put together. Um, you know, yeah, they fought 
absolutely. Um, and you know, we see, you know, we knew that George, you know, quit the band for a little bit and, Mm -hmm. you know, we see Paul and him kind of at each other's throats a little bit. And, you know, that's not, that's not new, but to see that they still had, they were still having fun and they were still having a connection, even though maybe they didn't know it at the time exactly, but you, you do know that there's not, there's nowhere else for them to go. Really. This is the end of it. Um, because you can see the frustration with George and, um, you can see the, you know, they're, they're working differently. Um, but it's definitely not a depressing, um, affair like it was, uh, portrayed in let it be. And, but the, you know, the big thing I think was, uh, Yoko is completely vindicated. I mean, you know, she is, she is, I mean, weird, but like totally sitting there high on heroin (laughs) and like not at all intrusive. And I think one of the, the most beautiful things is when Paul is like, they love each other. Like they want to be near each other. Like, Mm -hmm. of course they do, you know? And I, um, you know, so I'm glad that because, you know, a lot of the, you know, blame put on her was, you know, misogyny and racism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, as, so as weird as she is and like there's just moments where she's just screaming into a mic. Um, I love that scene, you know, though, when Paul's playing oh, I drums. Do. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then later on when um, when. uh um, is it Heather? Yeah. When mm-hmm. little Heather oh, yeah, starts yeah. yelling into the microphone too. So I just, you know, I just thought it was a beautiful film. Um, the, whatever, um, you want to call it that Peter Jackson did with that removed the film grain. It did not bother me at all. Um, I know a lot of people weren't too enthused about that, but for me, you know, he said that he did that so that it felt like you were in the room, you know, that it didn't feel like you were watching this artifact. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I, yeah, I, I appreciated that. And I did feel like I was part of it. And, you know, Thomas and I both just completely, we were just immersed in it. Like, and I could watch it a million times. Um, so I just, it was, it was beautifully done. And I hope that we get some sort of a um, video release. But I don't, yeah, I hope. But as an aside, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Disney wanted to edit out all the language and smoking. They wanted to like CGI the smoking out. Wow. And um, Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr were like, fuck you. (laughs) Uh, This is how it was. And no, you're not going to do that. And they actually won their case. So that's why and so the, the negotiation was at the beginning that they put those, you know, a lot of smoking, you know. It's pretty so. amazing. Uh, the, the Beatles are pretty powerful. Disney's pretty powerful, yeah. but <laughs> the Beatles won. Well, I like how yeah. Disney's like, you know, we don't want smoking or uh, or foul language, but man, we – we love having our racist cartoons. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, yeah. They, they, that's a different story. They, anyway, so yeah, 
Loved it, loved it. And I'll just say, we were talking about best music documentaries of all time. This immediately is enters the conversation. Yeah. I it's Absolutely. probably so far. I haven't seen a lot of 2021 films, unlike you, uh, uh, Brad. But so far, this is probably number one of what I've seen. I've oh, probably wow. seen about 20. Yeah, it's so it's so good. Did and, this get any theatrical? I don't think it did, did no, it? it just no, it just went Disney Plus. And, and frankly, yeah. regarding the and you're right, we could talk about this forever. And someday, Joe, we will. But uh, it actually felt like they got along with Yoko. And uh, yeah, I, there, there did not seem to be any animosity in the room. It was a little weird the first time because she's just, yeah. just always there. And I was like, okay, but why? But it was she... weird. But, but also the, the, the space that they were in yeah, at the yeah. studio, like it was not a good space. So like yeah. the whole, and John is distant because I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It was weird at first. And I was like, Oh God, cause it felt really tense, but really it was tension because they were in this kind of foreign environment that wasn't conducive mm-hmm. to creating and then george was pissy which he had every right to be but she's just like sitting there she's not she wasn't you know, dis- disruptive yeah I've, no not I've at always all. i've always loved yoko ono like as an i, I come to her as an artist mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she's had a lot of conceptual art and some of it has come through here in toronto and i okay. try to make a point to see her stuff and I've always thought that she was incredibly talented and it's nice to hear because the only thing you ever associate is everyone. She broke up the Beatles and that's mm-hmm. just what everybody says all the yeah. time. And I'm more like where I stand on pop culture and what I'm into. I gravitate more towards her than I do necessarily to the Beatles, though I do like the Beatles. So, mm-hmm. but it is just nice to hear good things being talked about her <laughs> yeah Positive. yoko's gonna yoko i mean that, that's who she is she's a performance mm-hmm. artist and she was then too so uh, yeah that's right it was I, I thought it was a very joyous documentary surprisingly oh yeah um, and really and emotional too I, yeah, yeah I was, it was emotional in a good way you mm-hmm. know i just i i absolutely loved it and and there are some really really um, dumb British cops. <laughs> That's all. Oh saying. man, the whole co- so we were gonna we decided that because Ellie loves the Beatles, and but we thought yeah I don't I don't know if she's gonna sit through this you know I don't mm-hmm. I don't think she's gonna get it but we did after we finished it we showed her that whole sequence of oh, the, good. the concert and she's seen you know yeah some of the performances but. So we showed her that whole sequence. She was cracking up. Like <laughs> she she really thought it was pretty hilarious. So I just hope those people, those cops have friends that love the Beatles and <laughs> g- gave them hell about that for their entire life cuz cuz that was in the Let It Be movie if I remember. Um Yeah. Yeah, we could talk about that forever. Um it did I, I brought it up on the Criterion Cast show. Yeah. And um yeah, and to contrast another movie. So okay, I I've I don't know what I, what to choose. But I'm gonna go with um since we teased it, I'll go with the power of the dog. Yeah, Shane Campion. <laughs> um, let me just say, oh wait, don't be, I gotta say I I heart Billy Preston. That's my my final <laughs> get oh, back. God. He was so, I love him. He was so great. Such a tortured person, but like uh, I yeah. Sorry, I interrupted with my own short or my own piece of flair <laughs> because of Jill's. Um Power of the Dog. Uh, I, you know, I, everybody's been saying this is basically the perfect movie, and um, you know, that's hard to live up to, or hard to live up to, even though you know, I we know J- Jane Campion is a legend and um, lives up to it. It's a, a beautiful movie. I've seen some of the critiques are that every that some things 
are a little obvious. Uh, there, there is, I guess you could call it a twist, somewhat. Uh, but and it's very. I would. Yeah, yeah, it is a twist, but it, you know, it's very telegraphed. You know, it's. I, I think some of the uh, the the comments are almost like you can't watch the Sixth Sense again. It's just, just once you see once you know the twist, it's not that good anymore. I don't think so. I think there's a lot of depth in the characters. Um, An interesting really takes on masculinity. Um, yeah, both both toxic and non toxic within the same individual. I, th I thought so. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, this could I, I think it's been rumored to come to Criterion, but I don't know if that's been um, confirmed yet. Do you know anything, Brad? Um, I've heard there was an interview with the DOP um, and they said that they have all the materials sort of on standby. They're just waiting for the announcement that, that it's going to go to Criterion. I, I have a hard time imagining Criterion wanting to pass on this film, right. given just how much attention uh, it's been getting. Um, they have such a good relationship with mm -hmm. Jane Campion already. Um, and it's, I just, it, I have to echo you. It's an echo your sentiment. It's an incredible film. And I, I think, uh, rewatches will only personally, I think rewatches will only add value to it because, yeah. um, not you, yes, you know, the twist at the very end, but there's so much going on as to why that twist happens, mm -hmm. why it is so important. Um, like how, uh, what kind of stress and pressure is being pushed on each of these characters? Um, and like some amazing performances. Like I think the three central ones, Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst and Cody F something fee. I can't, I don't know I what forget, his name is, I but forget. yeah, he's great. <laughs> but all three of them and Jesse Plemons is really good too, mm -hmm. but it's uh, just incredible. I was, I was absolutely blown away by this film. Yeah. No, I look forward to revisiting hopefully on criterion uh, later in the year and you know, it's getting award buzz. So I think, it seems like right now it's the front runner, but it's kind of hard. It's, it's probably about where Nomadland was at this point last year, um, but who knows? So yeah, all right. Well, that's our show, and uh, if the, you, you will have missed um, some dude bro conversations, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost think that the dude bros that you talked about in the deleted scene might have been like the kind of people that might have made. Beyond the Valley of the Dolls after having that experience, <laughs> that theatrical experience with the Valley of the Dolls. <laughs> Maybe Roger Ebert was that dude, bro. Was that dude, bro. God uh, rest his soul. Because yes. he, he seemed like someone who would call out dude bros. Like, he didn't seem... Yeah. Yeah, and and I kind of wonder if that's his approach to Beyond the Valley, because it, it was kind of a, mm -hmm. a satire, but also kind of not. So... I'm just completely beguiled by this movie. Yeah, kind <laughs> that's, of that's a that's an appropriate reaction. <laughs> yeah, kind of transgressive, I guess. A little uh, anyway. So where where can people find you online, Mr. Brad McDermott? Um, you can find me on Facebook on the uh, Criterion Now uh, group. Um, you can find my, uh, if you want to reach out to me there, you can find my reviews on Letterboxd at Mr. Brad McD. Um, and I do post some of my artwork that I've been working on, on my Instagram, which is also at Mr. Brad McD. So yeah, you can sort of find me at those places. All right, Jill. Yeah, so uh, the Patreon Classic Film Collective, uh, which is a group of 
ladies that are writing and uh, writing songs and poetry and artwork. Um, so come check that out. And then I'm on Twitter at Biscuit Kitten and uh, here on Criterion Now. All right. Yeah, Mariah had a good good poem the other day. Um, I think mm-hmm. I'm I think I'm maybe one post behind. Um, all right, yeah. So I'm a west five hundred five on Twitter, and um, I'm w- going to be watching a lot of movies over the, uh, the the holidays. So if you want to find me on Letterbox, I'm at DSNT. But as always, the best place to, for the show, I think, is the group. I think we have a it's very additive to the show, and um, and we'll come hang out with us. And as mentioned at the beginning, Cole and Erica are around there sometimes too. So. Um, yeah, and you can catch the the unedited versions or sometimes the uncut versions um, of this show <laughs> on the the Patreon feed for um, for Criterion Cast. And there's going to be an interesting speaking of get back, um, an interesting um, experiment with the best of the year that I think is going to get posted to um, the Criterion Cast Patreon. So might be worth checking that out. 